Hello, guys, and welcome back to another episode of Crooked Illness. If you are new here, my name is Paris Brinkevich, and I am the creator and host of the Crooked Illness podcast, where we get into all things health-related. The primary focus of the podcast within the umbrella of health-related topics is mental health and mindset. I began Crooked Illness as a way to motivate, inspire, empower, and educate people on these interesting topics. My background and passion for starting Crooked Illness stems from the field of psychology. After completing both my BA in psychology and MBA in healthcare administration, my passion for mental health only continued to grow. As a result of this, I decided to start Crooked Illness to bring more awareness, tips, and conversations to the table about these topics. I offer my perspective on the work I've done and how it inspired me to begin this podcast. Along with this perspective, I also speak about my personal experience with mental health and how I use those experiences to help educate, inspire, and motivate others. I really enjoy doing interviews and connecting with people who also love to discuss and learn more about mental health. If you would like to learn more, become a guest, or connect, feel free to reach out to me by shooting me a message on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, or to my email of crookedillness at gmail.com. Hello, everybody. Hello, 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 and welcome back to a new episode. You guys can see today we are going to be getting into a really cool and fun topic that I'm excited about. It is self-love and perfectionism. And I'm excited to let you guys know what this is going to be about. What is this episode going to be about? And obviously, you know, by the, by the title, you can kind of guess what it's going to be about. But I want to talk, I want to dive a little bit deeper before we get started here and let you guys know why I wanted to talk about this topic and also bring my guest on to join me in this conversation and share with me her experience and what she's found from her own experience, her research, and related to this topic. So I just think this is a great thing to cover and a great thing to get into at any time because who doesn't need more self-love and who doesn't want to understand, you know, the link that self-love has to perfectionism. So we're going to be diving into what self-compassion is versus self-criticism and how that plays a role in the many ways that perfectionism can come out in our lives. And the thing that I, I learned from this conversation is the many forms that perfectionism can take. You know, we have procrastination. I've definitely been that, definitely been that for a long time, procrastination. And also, you know, having a fear of trying new things because of making a mistake or failing. And also there's imposter syndrome. So feeling like you are an imposter, you are a fraud, you shouldn't be talking about this or getting into this or trying to teach other people something because, and how are those things all linked to perfectionism? And what does that have to do with how you think, how you act, how you behave, and also how you treat other people without even knowing it. And another interesting thing that we're going to cover is the way that perfectionism is leaves us to be the one who's oppressing our own selves without even realizing it because in a way we are holding ourselves back from certain things because of fear or things that we have ingrained in ourselves for so long from so many different places whether it it comes from the way that we grew up and being around you know being around a, a setting where you were you are rewarded for perfectionism 
whether that be in school, whether that be at work, whether that be in your home, wherever it is, we're going to be getting into, into that, what that looks like, how that contributes to this inability for us almost to have self-compassion and to be so self-critical and so hard on ourselves to drive ourselves towards something that we are working towards, that we want, or whatever that may be. And we're also going to be getting into the commonalities that my, get, that my guest has noticed from research that she has conducted while at Columbia, while also at her corporate job that she has left in Silicon Valley to do what she is doing now, which is amazing, by the way. And I'm not going to get into that. We're going to let, we're going to get into that in the episode. But I just wanted to pop in here and let you guys know a little bit about what we are getting into in this conversation, what we're going to be covering and what you can expect to learn from this episode related to self-love, perfectionism, self-compassion, self-criticism, how they all play a role, what it does, what it means, and all that stuff. All right, guys. Hope, As always, hope you enjoy this episode and hope that you guys have a great day. Bye. Hello, guys, and thank you so much for tuning into another episode of Crooked Illness. As you guys can see from the title, we are going to be diving into self-love and perfectionism today. I am joined by my awesome guest, Elizabeth Sue, who is a wellness writer and founder of Monday Vibes Newsletter. I was so excited when Elizabeth reached out to talk about this topic because not only does she have personal experience with this topic, but she studied this while at Columbia University working on her master's in clinical psychology. Her work around burnout and perfectionism in corporate women and the science of happiness was given the honor of distinction in research and creative work. So I'm very excited to hear about her work, her experience, and her thoughts on self-love and perfectionism. So without further ado, welcome Elizabeth to the podcast. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. These are topics near and dear to my heart, so I can't wait to dive in. Yes, I'm so excited you made it today and we get to dive into this together. So I want to hear from you. So before we dive right into this on here, tell me a little background about yourself and how you got interested in studying perfectionism and that and it's linked to self-love. Yeah, so I, um, as you mentioned, I'm a wellness writer and founder of a personal growth newsletter called Monday Vibes um, and a mental health educator. And I I've had many different career paths, um, but I spent a dec close to a decade in corporate, um, most recently working in Silicon Valley. And that experience really led me on this path to finding my self-worth, overcoming perfectionism, and just confronting self-love in its various forms because I was burned out and I was really struggling with anxiety, with an eating disorder, with um, insomnia, physical illness, you name it. So that's what led me to become an entrepreneur and study clinical psychology at Columbia and just dip my toes into this world. And so now I um, am here to empower women and change the rules of the game. Yes, I love that. And I love that you decided to, to transition from what you were doing into this space. And I think the biggest thing that I got from you out of our conversation was the aspect of self-love and a lack of 
of that at the time, you know, when you were going through the burnout and all the stuff you were experiencing at that time and really, you know, understanding the link that perfectionism and mm. self-love, what, what that relationship is and what it needs to be. Mm. So I was really interested to hear from you, you know, talking about, especially from your own experience and also the research you've done, you know, what, what have you found in your research and personal life about the role that self-compassion plays in overcoming perfectionism? Mm. It's so good. It's so good. And I think that was the far and away the most insightful part of my research because so I went in into my research um first to study burnout because I was like why am I so fucking tired all the time and like why are all my amazing female colleagues also tired why are my like kick-ass high achieving clients so tired I wanted to really understand what was going on and I didn't feel like people were really addressing the issue um, in the ways that felt satisfying and that really led me to um, I mean we can come back to that research but that led me to uncovering um, or really wanting to go one layer deeper or refine my thesis to perfectionism because the research shows that perfectionists are more prone to burnout and our society fuels a sense of perfectionism. So our society society (laughs) creates uh, a world where um, we are burned out, where women, especially um, women of color are burned out. And um, so I wanted to see the role that perfectionism played in all that. And so I wasn't really, I wasn't really looking for self-love or self-compassion at that time. I wanted to like know the problem, but it was fascinating to learn that the root of the problem was a lack of self compassion, a lack Mm. of self-love, a lack of unconditional self-acceptance. So um, Albert Ellis, who is a psychologist, um, he has a lot of work around how unconditional self-acceptance is the only way to overcome perfectionism. And when I read that, I was like, what? Like, I thought perfectionism, I thought it was just like, I don't know. People kept telling me just like lower your expectations or like be less hard on yourself. And I just (laughs) didn't know what that meant. I didn't know how to do that. But when it, when I started reading the flip of that about unconditional self-acceptance and then Kristen Neff, who's this amazing psychologist um, who studies self-compassion. I was like, wait, she has the coolest job ever. Um, She has so many studies, study after study after study. I just, I read them all about how self-compassion is actually a better motivator to achieving goals than Mm -hmm. self-criticism. And that was a total game changer for me. Wow. I rem- Cause I remember you telling me about that. And I really love how you also bring up the point of you wanting to get to the root of the problem. That's what you started with. You wanted to see how burnout, what burnout and perfectionism, what was the link there? What was causing that? And that led you 
to finding out about self-compassion and really seeing what that does. Because like you said, you know, we really are in a way almost, almost brought up to, to focus on perfectionism, right? Cause we talked about, you know, when you're younger and you're in school, you're taught to, you know, fix this area, fix this area. You're not good mm-hmm. in this area. And we want to be like, we want to be good in all of it. You know, if you're not good at math, fix that. You're not good at science. It has to, you have to be good in all of it. So it's yes. like, we're really taught, you know, you need to, you need to get good in all these different areas. But then, especially when you bring up that point of when you discovered that self-compassion plays a greater role in overcoming that perfectionism compared to being so critical on ourselves, mm-hmm. which is almost kind of what we're used to. I feel like, you know, cause when you totally. want to really break it down, you know, you, I mean, I feel like people in general tend to be hard on themselves anyway. So we're not really taught how, like there's no, there's no like class you go to or in school, self-compassion. We're going to teach right. you guys how to do this. You know, no, it's not, that's not how it works. So I think that's really interesting. You bring that up and really discovering, you know, how that helps with, with perfectionism. So, cause that's, you know, that's not something that we're, we're typically taught or really exposed to, I feel like. No. And I think, I I think I shared this with you before, but perfectionists often don't think of themselves as perfectionists. (laughs) They think of themselves as, um, you know, they, they're just, they're just focused on self-improvement. They, they are high achieving. They want to make the right decisions. They want to do good in the world. And so these people often have like really big hearts and, um, and, set really high standards for themselves and simultaneously have high expectations set on them. And so I think it really is important to, to think about that because it doesn't really matter whether you call yourself a perfectionist or not, but it it takes the form of, um, of people pleasing, of burning your, you know, burning the candle at both ends, being exhausted, self-sacrificing, choosing, you know, other people's happiness over your own. Like those are all different forms of perfectionism. And also interestingly enough, procrastination is a form of perfectionism. Mm. Um, Being scared to try new things is a form of perfectionism. And, um, and yeah, self-compassion, what's really cool about it is not only does it, I mean, it just feels better to love <laughs> yourself. Like you just, yeah. it, it helps your mental health, but it really, I mean, the research shows it helps with that resilience because you're no longer, um, you no longer associate achieving a certain goal with your self-worth. Um, and I think that separation is critical because otherwise we just get so wrapped up in either the expectations we set on ourselves or what other people think of us. And that I believe is at the heart of the suffering. Wow. Cause I wanted to ask you as well, you know, so if you could, if you could say why, why do you think it's more common to be critical and hard on ourselves when working towards something than it is to have compassion? Ooh, it's so good. I, one, I think it goes back to what we were saying 
that's just what we're taught. That's what we see around us. Um, you know, it's interesting because I've been, I reflect a lot. <laughs> I think everyone <laughs> does on their healing journey about their relationship with their parents. Like, yeah. where did this come from? <laughs> and I look at them and they are so self-critical. And people often think, I mean, the, the studies suggest that kids that become like very perfectionist oriented have really have parents who are really hard on them. And I don't believe that's true. I believe, especially if you're sensitive or empathic like me, all you need to do is like see with your eyes or hear with your ears or feel with your body. You can, you can observe when people make a mistake, how they react. Mm -hmm. And my parents, um, were re are, are really hard on themselves. They judge themselves very harshly. And so because of that, I, I started to judge myself really harshly and, um, any mistake I made could have been, you know, um, mitigated preview, you know, there's this, with perfectionism, um, there's this feeling of control and um, and a desire to want to control everything. So when you get really hard on yourself, usually what happens is you're thinking, oh, I could have said something better. I could have made a better decision. Like, how could I be so stupid to like leave my keys in the car or gosh, I should have read the signals of this person that they sucked or this job, <laughs> you know, it's all, it's a lot of what ifs, um, as if we could have known better. And I think that's where the, the issue is with mm -hmm. this idea of self-improvement that self-improvement without self-compassion is self-criticism. Yeah. Because wow. if you think you could always have done better, I mean, you forget that you're human and you forget that making mistakes, like whatever that means, I don't even know what that means anymore. It's like, it's all learning that that's an essential part of the learning process. If you never make mistakes, what do you like? You're like living in a box doing the same yeah. thing every day. Yeah. Cause I, I feel like it's almost like we tie in order for you, like you said, self-improvement in order to have that, you need to be hard on yourself. Cause it's like, I feel like there's this thing of when you have self-compassion, you're being soft, you're being, you shouldn't be like that. You need, you need to be, you know, like cracking the whip hard on yourself, push in it. And I feel like that's kind of, it's so we weird to think about it that way. Cause I feel like even, you know, when you're sitting here and you're thinking about having compassion for yourself, you feel like it's, a, it's almost like a weakness almost. And you're like, I, sh totally. I can't, I can't be like that. I can't, <laughs> you know, I need to be, I need to fix this. I need to focus on this. I need to. And it, and like you said before, last time we talked, it almost seems like it's never enough. Like we're always, okay, mm -hmm. we, we did this, you met mm. this now, now what else is wrong? And now, okay, this, and then it's this. And then it's never like, you're never, you never do have compassion because you're so focused on the next thing. And then also when you bring up the thing about mistakes, you know, like when you were younger, like when you see people make mistakes and how they react to that, how they respond to that and how sometimes they're like, oh, that's bad. That's, and that, that's kind of almost what makes you not want to try new things yes. when you're a perfectionist. Cause you're like, what if I, like, if you're trying to go skiing, you're like, what if I fall? <laughs> what if I mess up? What totally. If, and then what if like, I make a fool yeah. out of myself, what if I hurt myself? And all 
all these scenarios you just yes. keep playing in your head of this i'm not going to be good i'm not going to i can't do this i need to stick to what i know i need to stay in my place i need to stay doing this and and i like how you also bring up there's so many different forms of perfectionism like procrastination mm-hmm. and the you know fear of trying new things and all different things that could be tied to to the perfectionism part of it that you've somehow developed through whatever it is but i think that's very true because you know i can t- i can say for myself like when i was in in school i would wait to the last minute to do anything and i would get and I would wait, i'm like no it has to be like this how, you know i'll do it later and then and then it's it, but it's like how, how is that a way to live though right. that's not a good it's very very high stress yeah. very like you wait till the night before to write a 10 page paper and then you, and then, and then you see that you got a good grade and you're like, oh, I can just keep doing it. I can just, I'm, I got rewarded for that, mm-hmm. but it's, it's, oh, it's so bad. <laughs> it's so bad. It's so bad. It is so bad. It is so, uh, it's ever present. It, it's so, um, I can't, I'm at a loss for words. It just like, overtakes you and then you wake up and you're just like what is this my life is this how I want to lead my life just this ball of stress and Mm. I'll also add you know and I think we talked about this before but their systems like the workplace environment really reward this kind of living. And so that's why it can be so hard to get away from. So I want, I want to yeah. offer the listeners some self-compassion in this moment when, because I was also there. It's like, logically, we understand that this sucks. Like it, it, it sucks when you're so like, when you just hate on yourself like that. And at the same time, that's what we're being, those are the messages that we're being bombarded with. And you can look at it in the wellness industry and media and Hollywood, like everywhere, especially for women, it's like hyper-focused on your flaws and insecurities and like what to do to fix those or solve those and that you are not okay, you are broken, you need to do something right now if you want to be ever be loved and accepted. Yeah. And so I was thinking a lot about that, like as I was doing my research and reflecting on my experience in corporate, because one of the four norms of toxic, these toxic workplaces or toxic masculinity in the workplace, which is really what we're talking about. We're talking about the patriarchy um, is show no weakness. And I was reading that. I was like, gosh, you know, if that is what's rewarded in the workplace, of course I would be terrified of making a mistake. I mean, I remember being yelled at for like a typo in an email. Yes, of course we want to strive for being the best and being professional, but we are human. We make mistakes. And also back to the perfectionism thing, you know, if you have, if you have a large workload, which we're all overworked these days, like you're just trying to get through, like you're just trying to dig out of your inbox. And so it's kind of like, you can't have it both ways. You can't 
you can't penalize for mistakes and expect perfection and want things to get done. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's, that is so true. And I, and you know, I wanted to ask you if, have you noticed any commonalities when it comes to unpacking where the root of perfectionism stems from in certain people? It's a great question. And I, so the short answer is yes, I have a lot of theories of my own. Um, For a while there, I wanted to pursue my PhD because I was so passionate about this. And then I was like, that's going to be another seven years. And like, I got work to do. So I got, (laughs) I got to just jump in and do it overcome the perfectionism because sidebar perfectionism can also show up as thinking that you need like every credential under the sun in Mm. order to be able to have an opinion. Mm -hmm. Um, so that is definitely present for me. Um, but I think one of the, one of the perspectives of perfectionism that I don't think is talked about enough is how, perfectionism is the oppressed doing the work for the oppressor. Mm -hmm. So as you were talking about how perfectionism keeps us small, keeps us from not making mistakes, keeps us from not voicing our opinions. If you look at it at a higher, like if you zoom out, you're like, oh, that's oppression. Like that's um, a very specific way of keeping people down and keeping people out of power. And you're doing it to yourself, right? Isn't that the sick part? That's crazy to think that because usually, you know, when you think, I mean, I feel like there's so many things you could think of when you think of perfectionism, but one of them that I wouldn't think of is, you know, you're, you're preventing yourself from something in some way. I'd be like, no, 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 no. I'm like perfectionism. You know, like you're doing great. You know, you're, you're always doing great. Like you're doing really good. Yeah. So it's like to think that you are what you just said, the oppressed doing the work of the oppressor. You're the one oppressing your own self and you don't even know. Isn't that a trip? I mean, when I was starting to make that connection, um, and I was doing all this, research, you know, in tandem to like some deep inner work in therapy. And like, I was starting to see these themes of how I was self-policing and how I was self-censoring. And my therapist was helping me uncover the, the fact that, um, you know, it happens, I think across the board, but especially when you're sensitive and you pick up on these things, you internalize them and then you become your own oppressor. And it is so, like, that is why it's so layered and so deep. And that's why I just cannot emphasize enough the importance of your own inner work. Because sure, at like, I go off on the system all the time. You know, I'm just like, you know, fuck the patriarchy. And at the same time, by, you know, by age, I'm 32, by age 32, like, yes, it's part of the system, but now it's part of, now it's me. Mm. Now I have internalized that. So yes, we need to change the system, but also we have to take, we now, it's now our burden, like that we have to deal with because, um, 
it's now become a part of our psyche. And so when you have that inner critic, like just remind yourself, that's not, that's not you. That's not like the heart of you. That's not, if you think of yourself as like a little girl, you know, she's not berating herself for Mm -hmm. eating a bag of chips or like the way, like her outfit or whatever, she's like living her life carefree. So we don't come out of the womb feeling insecure. We develop this, we develop Mm -hmm. these voices. And so to be able to separate that, I think is part of the, part of the journey. Yeah. And I also like the point, the other point you brought up before of when you are like that, like a perfectionist, you tend to, you know, do that to other people. And that's, yes. that's also what, you know, when you bring up the point of your parents who are so hard on themselves and then that reflected onto you. And then also, you know, or even people, you know, you know, in your life who are that way tend to also, you know, you know, maybe they're not intentionally trying to do that, but it just happens because of just the way that they are and the way that they, you know, are used to being, you know, maybe they're not trying to like, be like, what's wrong with you? Like, why didn't you get, you know, a good grade on your paper? Right. It's weird. <laughs> um, no, it's like not that like they're trying to do that, but they're tr- it's, it's because I think that, that they have set such a level for themselves that they, if they don't reach that, then it's almost like the end of the world. Like everything's over. They need to always be at this certain level and to see that. And, and that's also what is kind of sad to me too, is like, if you're like that thinking about, you know, one day doing that to your own kids without even knowing it. Right. You're like, I would never, you know, I would never do that. I would never, you know, say that to my kid. I would never make them feel that, feel like that. But then you, like you said, you don't even realize you're doing it to yourself. You don't know you're oppressing your Ex- own self. Exactly. And I think that's one of the common misconceptions too, is when you do it, people think when they do it to themselves, it's in isolation. And it's like, no, people are, I mean, I really have had to distance myself from friends who are very self-critical about their bodies Mm. because that is extremely triggering to me. If I'm sitting there trying to enjoy my meal, I've had like eight years of therapy Mm -hmm. in order to be able to do that. And they're there just like counting the calories or like, you know, forcing this happens a lot, you know, forcing like half a cupcake onto me because they don't want to eat the whole, like it's a whole thing Mm -hmm. or they like look in a mirror and nitpick their bodies or talk, you know, misery does love company. I also had to distance myself from people who were still in corporate that like really hated their life. And I was, you know, over here trying to create a life that I actually liked. And so I, and then as I got happier, that also created tension because people, when, when you have such a limited perspective and you, you kind of get committed to your, to your decisions in your path. Um, because again, I think that that is part of perfectionism is not letting, not being able to let go of control, not being able to like entertain perfectionism has a lot of black and white thinking. So not being able to entertain like other possibilities or other options, or maybe something works for me, but it doesn't work for you or vice versa. It's just kind of, I think of it more as like this rainbow. It's harder to, you know, when I'm, when I'm around people who are so kind of in their own stuff, Mm -hmm. it is, 
it's difficult because then I feel like I can't really express myself and that that becomes a problem when you're on this journey of trying to live your your best life or yeah, your most authentic yeah. life and then when you're in a conversation or a relationship with someone who's like so um kind of fixated on um on different on things something yeah right? then it, wow so I mean I love how you brought that point up because I wanted to ask you too like for you like what other things I know you brought up the point of distancing yourself from people who are like that and who Mm -hmm. and I know for me too like it's it's sad because when you you know when you know them and you're you like you want to help them and you want to help them like stop or come out of that but it's like you you just can't and it's taking so much out of you and out of your own self so what you know what other things have you done to help with your perfectionism Mm. And I love that too, because at the end of the day, we, we can only heal ourselves. And the cool part is even in the context of my family, like when I was just starting, you know, therapy and I was, my mind was blown because I was like, (gasps) oh my gosh, there's just a a better way to live, like a more peaceful way, a more loving way, a way where if you have compassion for yourself, you, you by default develop compassion for others. And Mm I, my family is very scientifically minded. So of course I like dug up the studies and sent that, sent them to them and they just were not interested. And that was really painful because I really wanted them to come on this, on this journey together. But what I learned over the years is when I just, when I show up having done the work and I, and I am not as triggered mm-hmm. or I am, you know, more, more able to set boundaries or I, you know, don't entertain when they go off on, you know, when they gossip about whatever I yeah. don't care about, um, I, then that, that changes the dynamic for everyone. And they're not, families don't like that or friendships don't like that. And no relationship really likes change because they're Mm -hmm. used to a certain dynamic. But if you want to show up, if you, if that dynamic is not working for you by just cultivating compassion for yourself and like doing your own practices and your own work, that will inevitably change hopefully for the better sometimes it brings people apart but that's good information that's good for you to know because then you can make a decision Mm -hmm. i think that's so important like you said you know bringing up the fact that you are doing the work and you know seeing the change and also like the whole thing with the dynamics of change like people not liking change and we're so used to you know this way and that relationship and things going like this but then when it's not good for you you know like when you're noticing you know how this you know perfectionism and the the criticism the burnout all these different things just circling circling and that's just the way your life is and you're like this sucks like i don't want to mm-hmm. live i don't like this i don't i want to change i want to figure out you know, ways to do that. And you really, you know, doing the research, looking up the studies, 
doing the work that you've done, trying to get away from that, trying to learn, you know, self-compassion, trying to learn, educate yourself on what that is. What does that look like? You know, what could that do for me? And you know, how you're feeling each, like how your days are going. Mm -hmm. I just think that's, you know, like that's really all we can do. Right. Cause ultimately everything is, you know, up to us if we're going to do it or not and you're doing it and you're, you know, happy and you're teaching other people about this because I think that's really important because, you know, I was happy you reached out to me. I was like, hell yeah. You want to talk about that? I was like, self-compassion, self-love. I was like, okay. I was like, let's do it. Let's do it. Cause I'm like, this is a thing that, you know, and especially, you know, people need more of it. Cause I feel like even if you have, even if you're good, you're good on self-love there, you can always do more. You can always, Oh my gosh, that is the truth. I, I mean, I'm constantly, and sometimes I have guilt because I'll have days where I, I really feel like a monster. I feel like a failure. I feel like, you know, what's really showing up for me these days is around money. Um, because I left, a career that had, I left a job that had reliably good money and to do my own thing. And I am still in the beginning stages of that. And so I really had to untangle work, my worth from, mm. um, from money or success or hard work. And on those days, I'm like, who am I to teach about self-compassion? Who am I to do? I mean, I'm there just talk, talking horribly to myself. And um, luckily I have friends who are just like, stop talking like that to my best friend. Like, yeah. And they, oh. they help anchor me in, you know, that, that, that my ability, and then usually I write about it. So writing is a big part of my self-compassion journey because that just is my main healing tool. It's a way that I'm able to kind of express myself in an unfiltered way. I mean, yeah. it took a long time to, and sometimes I still get scared of the things that I, that I write about because it's so public, but at the same time, I really want to show people like, the good and the bad and the ugly mm -hmm. emphasis on the bad and the ugly. Yes. Because, because we just are in this sick Instagram real highlight world where it's real. I love it that you're putting it, you're showing that <laughs> side of it, which is more, more rare because we're not used to that. And I think that's so important and so awesome because I all you also brought up another good point that I didn't think of until just now. So when you were saying, you know, like I feel like you could also say that imposter syndrome is like yes. linked to perfectionism, yes. like feeling 100%. like you're a fraud or you're you're not good enough or you're not you shouldn't be, you know, like you said, like how who am I to try to like teach people like how, like why am I doing that? How what kind of authority do I have? And just question constantly questioning yourself like I don't have this. I can't, I shouldn't be doing that. I shouldn't be talking about this. No one's going to, and it just, it's so crazy to, you know, cause there really are so many things that you could link back to perfectionism, but I feel like just continuing to have, to keep talking about it, have more conversations, 
and, you know, continue doing the work that you're doing, continue writing, spreading the message and doing all that stuff because you seem like you're really fired up and you really love it. And I can see it. You're always like smiling, excited. And, you know, I think that what you're doing is great and it's awesome and it's important and people need it and we'll get a lot of benefit out of it. So I just want to say thank you to you and really for, you know, coming and having this conversation with me and, you know, popping up on the podcast and all of it. So yay! <laughs> thank you so much. I do care so much about it and just want people to know that, I don't know, living your best life doesn't mean living a perfect life. Mm -hmm. It means living an authentic life. And sometimes being authentic means making tough choices and setting boundaries and doing things that make you uncomfortable. But in the end, you know, you know, you are your inner authority. You know best what's, um, how to live your life. And that to me, being able to make aligned decisions is at the heart of self-love. You guys heard it here. You heard it from <laughs> Elizabeth just now, that message, all of it. Amazing. Amazing. But you know what? I just want to say to everyone listening, you guys, whether it is the nighttime, whether it is the daytime, whatever time you are listening to this, I hope that you guys really enjoyed this episode and got as much out of it as I did creating it. So thank you, everyone. And also thank you, Elizabeth. Thank you. Yes. I can't wait to post this and put this one out there. Woo! Woo! <laughs> All right. Bye, guys. And bye, Elizabeth. Bye. All right, guys, that is the end of this episode. I hope you enjoyed this one as much as I enjoyed creating it. As always, if you guys would like to get in touch with me to talk about becoming a guest or to share your thoughts on this episode with me, you can do that in a number of ways. You can shoot me an email to crookedillness at gmail.com. You can send me a DM on Instagram at crookedillness, or you can message me on my Facebook page at crookedillness as well. I hope you guys have a beautiful rest of your day and thank you so much for listening to Crooked Illness.